Today we have George Fisher, the former president of Global Enterprise at Verizon, and our topic is mentorship. Welcome to the Women in Tech Podcast, a special series of Heads in the Cloud episodes, hosted by Michelle Licardi, President and Chief Revenue Officer of Star to Star. Welcome, everyone. I'm Michelle Accardi, President and CRO of Star to Star, and I'm leading our ongoing discussions about women in tech. Today, we have George Fisher, the former president of Global Enterprise at Verizon, and uh, our topic is mentorship. So prior to Verizon, George led sales at CA, and that's where I got to spend uh, more than a few years working with George, and he became a great friend and mentor of mine. So this is going to be a really fun conversation. So welcome, George. Thank you very much. It's great to be here and talking about a subject that is near and dear to both of us. (laughs) Well, I certainly always appreciated the time we spent together at CA and the great mentoring that you did for me. And I don't know that we called it a formal mentoring relationship. I, no, I think I was, I was the annoying kid that just ran into your office and I can do that for you, George. And you, you did so much for me. And you know, I know a lot of other women like uh, Janet Shines who told me that she benefited from your mentorship over the years. So what made you decide or how did you get into mentoring? Well, I think, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. And we did have a lot of fun. Though at the time it was didn't always seem as much fun because we were working pretty hard, which is why we work, right? Look, I think being a manager or a leader, one of the best things about having that role is having the impact you can have by being a good coach and mentor. And you're right, it wasn't as sophisticated and structured back then because you know we were trying to build a, a new team and get a lot of work done. But it was a pleasure, and uh, I guess we kind of fell into it, and it, it evolved from there. Look how great you've done. Uh, with with this business and and your career, so it's fantastic. Well, thank you for that. Uh, Honestly, I've learned so much just by watching you and emulating how I saw you interact with people, and that's one of the things that I think just gets lost, that we're in a people business. Uh, When you're in a software or unified communications business, you know, the technology is not what it's about. It's still about how you make people feel. And for me, you know, you always made everyone feel like they were the most important person in the room. And Well, that's very kind. I, I think emotional intelligence is still kind of a key point of self-awareness. And uh, though, you know, we are threatened every day to be replaced by a website, uh, I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen immediately. So that's good news. So when you think about, you know, how you've gone on in mentoring people, um, you know, I noticed you have mentored a lot of women over the years. Like you, you seem to have surrounded yourself with women leaders. Why did you choose women? Was that conscious? Was it subconscious? I think, I think, you're, I think you're leading the way. <laughs> uh, look, I, I think, first of all, mentoring, besides being wanting to be a good manager, it all kind of starts with, we'll talk more about it, but creating high-performance teams. But for me, early in the 2000s, I started to work with the Boys and Girls Club on digital literacy, and I got into a program that we started at this back in the CA days called Tech Girls Rock, where I saw how role modeling, coaching, and a safe environment created outsized performance and interest, right? So very early on, I could see that some pretty straightforward things, right? And we didn't have a lot of resources, so... The idea that we could create a trusting and transparent environment and talk about how we would all work together 
and then also be able to say, hey, this is how this is going to make you add more value and be more valuable, uh, that kind of turns into a good thing. And from, from my point of view, I am, I'm looking at as individuals today, not so much whether it's uh, men, women, or whatever, and it's people that are, uh, the prime marker for me is if you are motivated, self-aware, and interested in identifying how you can be your best self, it's all good. Right, and I, I think that that's just it. I mean, motiv if you've got motivated people around you, then they'll soak up whatever you're gonna give them. Uh, and that's what I tell my partners when they tell me, you know, what, what skill sets do I need to bring uh, into my teams in order to get them to be high performance? Right. I always tell them, like, look, you can train for skills. If you've got someone who's eager and curious, those are the people that you want to have on your team. Right. And it, uh, ultimately, it comes back to some skills around, we were just talking about skills around communication, but relating to other people, learning how to collaborate, learning how to negotiate, and then saying, okay, what can I do more? And I think that's where you've been you know, hugely successful. You meant, mentioned Janet, there are many others that have gone on to take the skills that they developed and leverage that into senior uh, management positions. And by the way, carried on the mentoring and understand when there's someone on the team uh, that would like to be coached and brought forward in a way that created long-term value. And that's what, it, that's what it's about. And I, I don't think it's, a, again, it's, it's basic human interaction and listening skills that you've helped me with because I'm not always a great listener and uh, you know you you'd be able to get my attention and say hey we have to prioritize this uh, but you learned how to do that in a way that was very powerful and you have many super skills but that that's that's Aww. one of them well thank you so much I mean uh, that I, I think you know again uh, I think by not having fear probably was <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. My I, lack of fear was yeah, probably yeah, my best yeah, benefit. Yeah, I never that. checked off uh, <laughs> full of fear on your li on your list of things. You know, although I, I think about the fact that you did have a lot of women around you who became strong leaders in many different organizations. I think it's the one of the things that you did really well is diversity in your teams. Uh, like, not everybody looked like you. Not everybody sounded like you. Everybody came from diverse backgrounds, and you know, you didn't have that echo chamber effect and think now that you look at how the Me Too movement has changed the environment, and I think there was a recent study that showed 60% of males are uncomfortable participating in common work activities with women, and one in six are reluctant to men or women. I never felt that with you. Like, it was, uh, for you, it was, you know, we were all, we were all equal. We were all, uh, you know, just there to get the job done and create that team. Yeah, I think some of it is just pragmatic. We didn't we had a lot to do. We didn't have a lot of resources, so we had to get to it to be successful. Yeah. There's also, it's kind of interesting, there were other events around that period, like September 11th, like just other things, Cathartic. eventually the fun, <laughs> yeah, that uh, kind of got you on the same page to realize that you, not only do you need a balanced team, you need a diverse team, and that uh, it, it was time, particularly in the tech industry, because that's another area that we've, you know, we both worked pretty hard on is creating opportunity for people. And to me, it, like I said, it's individuals and it's about putting together and creating high performance teams in a way that makes you more competitive and more powerful. But it was definitely born out of, uh, you know, <laughs> complete pragmatism for us. <laughs> like somebody's got to do this work. But uh, no, I think it's, it's worked out very, very well. I think that it's really important. You know, when I look out in my partner partner ecosystem today, you know, it's still very male dominated, um, and I think it's really important that our partner ecosystems though get some diversity in them. It helps them serve broader markets and such. 
Um, so, you know, my, my word of advice to any of my partners who are listening is George Fisher, he was president of Verizon from a global enterprise division. What I see, saw you achieve by creating diversity in your, you can do at a small, much smaller level too, I think at a, you know, I, I think, you know, well, that's one of the things I, I want to encourage, uh, you know, and I hope people get out of this because I, our backgrounds, um, while while different, you, you know, you came from, I, I would say, just sort of a common man's means, right? As did I, right? I, right. I had working well, class parents. Um, and look at what we've been able to achieve by bringing we, people with well, us. Yeah, we drove by the Ivy League. I <laughs> never reached out. Well, I, it kind of goes back to uh, what we talked about on the in terms of necessity, right? Yeah. What, no matter what size business you are, you, you generally have a limited amount of uh, skills and opportunities. You also need to have a diverse viewpoint today to be better, to serve your customers better. So it's serving your customers, your employees, and your te- team members in a way that is transparent, safe, and open. So those are, those are basic characteristics, and I think they've evolved. And there's a lot of attention around that today that we, we spoke earlier today about your better angels and common sense and pragmatism and all, and all that. And that's what it comes down to. But ultimately, you have to create high-performance teams to serve your clients. And what is it, how are you going to remove barriers that individuals on the team have, regardless of their backgrounds, and as you as a leader have in terms of orchestrating those capabilities? And boy, it's nothing better than a coaching session where you actually will learn yourself the mistakes and issues that you've been doing, right, as part of your your process, right? So this whole thing about sitting down and listening to people, whether it's a customer, whether it's a partner, or whether it's your 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 star team, uh, I think it's a pretty good idea, and you take it to heart and you act on it. So I think yeah, absolutely. This I is mean, you don't need like an army of HR people, uh, though I I think we've been fortunate that we've worked with some great HR people that created 360 programs, created succession planning. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of investment in leadership capacity. The good news about that today, a lot of that is available, both bo- books that you were, you were just involved in. Not to plug, Can we plug your book? Is that a, a good <laughs> sure, idea? Sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward structures that allow people to have a, a shared responsibility for building teams and getting better inclusion. And if, if people don't know what a 360 uh, review process is, is instead of you know just your boss giving you a review and telling you what they think of you after you know uh, it's getting your teammates so people who are your peers people above you people below you in your organization to review you and give you real honest anonymous feedback around where where you're doing great and where you need work and um, George uh, really and, and the HR groups that we had at CA years ago were real pioneers I think in doing some of that work and at least taught me that and you know I've certainly been an advocate of it here at Star to Star and I'd advocate any of my partners to use that kind of approach if you want to grow your teams uh, and build trust because sometimes people uh, actually find out that their peers really respect them. And if they have imposter syndrome, as sometimes women do, I can tell you, I, mean, I think it happens for men too, but uh, for women, we definitely uh, suffer from that at times. And, you know, seeing that people like you, respect you, and think well of you, it's not just all about where the warts are, but where the greatness is too. Right, and it allows you to focus and work on the things that are really critical for you and the team. And uh, so there's no guessing. So all those, there's lots of techniques out there to do that, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. 
it does take some time and uh, it also it, just like performance reviews they're in some places they're viewed as a little bit old-fashioned but I think it's part of an employee's bill of rights to have uh, constant and consistent feedback from from your boss on how are you doing where do you stand and then having conversely a similar discussion about where are uh, your development resources going to come from in terms of what what help are you going to get to if there are shortcomings how you're going to improve and get better and you know this is old fat this is like pretty old-fashioned stuff but it it's kind of required and I think if it's taken for granted that's when people become uh, disinterested alienated and you're going to get turnover right so people will will seek uh, you know another position etc and it's just very very costly so it's bad for the person it's bad for you and it's bad for your business you hear a lot about women leaving the workplace at an accelerated rate especially with the pandemic and such it sounds to me like this might be a way to help you know stem that from happening attrition with yeah. women men, men what have you is if you put in place some of these hr 360 mentoring ongoing yeah. feedback the, the simple ones that i've learned in the last 10 years it's pay equity Right. Yeah. You don't, again, you don't have to go to an Ivy League school <laughs> to figure that out. It's that if you actually get paid fairly for what you do. And the other is it's different in a, in a larger environment, but a slate inclusion. That you create an environment where people feel com individuals feel comfortable raising their hand to be involved, to be uh, selected or in the, in the running to get a job. And then they may not get the job, but they might learn something from that. So those are two things that create a lot of team synergy, transparency, and self-awareness for the manager and for the employee. And it's, it's, good, it's good stuff. But again, this is not... It's not rocket science. It's not rocket. <laughs> yeah, this is not... Uh, but, but you know what? This fundamental stuff is hard work. It's still, it still takes um, a momentum to get started, right? You have to take that risk of what feedback are people going to give, right? And yeah. be willing to, to accept that. And for me, you know, I, I don't do anything with my employees that I don't... I don't do for myself, uh, and asking for those 360 reviews at That's every right. level, I think, is really important. I think if you're a business owner, it's just as important for you to have, uh, you know, really good understanding of how your teams are viewing you and where you can where you can improve. Yeah, and this kind of trust. We talk about the speed of trust. You know, that's kind of important. It's, it's becoming increasingly important now with the go back to work COVID environment. So, as you know, as everyone knows, it's li listening to this. The, the pandemic is different everywhere. There's different situations. There's your own personal situation, et cetera. So these listening skills, transparency, and discussion are going to help a smooth back to work. It's not just about the individual and how they feel. It's about the team, and it's about the process of how you're going to operate. So it all comes together, and it has a huge good return. I think it does, too. So I'm going to ask you what, what seems like a little bit uh, bizarre question, but, you know. Well, I'm perfect. Gonna, I'm going to throw it out there anyways. Um, so do you think that some men look at women as having an unfair advantage now? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there is always a, a race for opportunity, and there's, there's people that, that get it and don't. But, I, you know, I really think it depends on, on the, the workplace, uh, the, whole, the whole culture. But le less and less, I, I just don't, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it's so different now in terms of... Um, discussions that are occurring in the workplace around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Yeah. I, well, look, I, I'll tell you. you know, in tech, I, I, don't, I don't see it as, you know, you know I don't I know. Feel, I feel advantaged, actually. You know, I, I, so I'll tell you the reason I feel advantaged. I, I have a husband who stays home uh, and, and raises my kids, right? 
people look at him like he has four heads when we have that conversation with them. And they say, no one would look at me and say, if you stayed home, Michelle, and raised your kids, no one would say anything about it. So I think men are disadvantaged in that the opportunity spectrum is 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 you know if you want to do if you want to raise your family it's a you know you looked at a little differently and so maybe that's different and it's not quite the same question but uh you know I, I do feel a little advantage because i feel like the world is my oyster and i could do whatever i want i there the the glass ceiling has been broken by so many people in front of me uh that now it's about what do i want to do and right. how do i want to well, for think, me it's about impact well that's people. what i was kind of saying that yeah. i think maybe 20 years ago or 25 years ago might have been a different story. Today, it's it's kind of uh, expected that there's e- there's equal opportunity, there's fair consideration, and again, skills. You have mad skills. I, <laughs> so when you have skills, it's amazing how many options you have in life, and that that goes back to some of the stuff I'm, you know, I work on with preteens and teens around digital literacy, financial literacy. You can call it STEM, but uh, what I like about our industry is. If, if you have skills and capability in the tech world, whether they're relationship skills, tech, technical skills, you name it, uh, it's the greatest equalizer because our, our industry is, is about growth, innovation, and our ability to execute. And it's, there is, there's really no, there's no barriers from an aspect of uh, if, you can, if you can do it, yeah. you're, 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 the world is your oyster, like, yeah. you, like you've made it. But, t- but look, it takes a lot of work. Uh, it takes a, a lot of... Oh, uh, 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 it does take a lot of work. Yeah. And, but, you know, it takes a lot of work, uh, you know, to stay home and raise a family, too. My husband's got a skill set that I don't have. I'll never be that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I suppose we shouldn't mention that you have, like, 27 kids, yeah, but that's yeah. a, another story. So, well, well, you know... Well, that's an... You know, that's... I haven't thought... I, you know, my, my daughter is now... She's over 30. She's very busy. So I see where, like, again, where my wife had different work experience talks about it pretty openly about how it was back ago, back yeah. you know back in the 80s and I can compare a little bit but uh, you know I think everybody is going to face every day some sort of aberrant behavior or yeah. challenge and I think that's the other part of self-awareness is that uh, you can't let that get in your way yeah. it's part of the whole mosaic of the experience of being working and growing a career yeah and for me when I think about again like mentor experiences and such I get as much from my mentees as I do mentoring them. You know, uh, you know the experience I talk about a lot is, um, you know, in growing Star to Star. And you know, we're we were a pretty small company when I first started. I want to say we were 50, maybe 75 employees. You know, now as part of Sangoma, over 600 employees. But in the early days, you know, I got very close with my team and we built a training team and I had an employee actually come to me after years of doing some level of mentoring and saying, Michelle, would you consider adopting my children, my, uh, my uh, grandchildren rather? Uh, and I wound up growing a family out of a mentee who, uh, you know, had a personal situation and needed. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's That incredible. kind of put a, put a point on yeah. the speed of trust. <laughs> That's yeah, true. but but again, but that was an investment of relationship. And look, I look even at our relationship. Gosh, we go back twenty years, twenty years. Like, how many people can say that they've built relationships that are twenty years long, that can span companies, that can span and would really help one another? Would be would join my podcast at the at the uh, you know. Yeah, well, I didn't even think of not doing it. I, I was like, this is well, a great, I cut you great, down, and you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
and <laughs> look, I, I think those are the, the also. I think you made a, a good point that mentorship has a life cycle through life, yeah. and also, uh, I my mentors, uh, you kind of develop a team of mentors. So you have yeah. have a group of people that support you at different lifestyles in your life, and it's kind of interesting how that changes and evolves over time. I've got I was telling you uh, about uh, Pat Latore, uh, another gentleman by the name of Keith Ferrazzi, who. Uh, wrote a book, Never Read Alone, and also started this work on co-elevation, which is co-elevation meaning basically work together, right? Yeah. We put some science around how, how do you actually run a meeting, how do you get together and uh, decide uh, when there are shortcomings, how you kind of rally to help, thing, things yeah. like that. Again, it's all kind of, it's basic stuff, but... But it's not so ba basic. I mean, I go back to the old Pat Latore days where uh, where we were taking leadership training together and, you know, it was all about uh, assume positive intent, right? And just that, just that one thing of assuming positive intent in, in any kind of relationship, mentoring or not, I think is a, is a huge thing. And then you, when you start to be able to do that and then you can do co-elevation, like right. how as I move up, um, in my own career, how can I bring other people up around me uh, and elevate each other? I mean, that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. CA, and uh, I'll, uh, you know, I had I had great great experience there. But you know, it was like going seventeen gladiator rounds. It's like you know, it was like who's going to get killed first in the. Uh, so we had to we had to learn positive intent. It was not something that was built into the culture, um, and you know, having gone through that and then going into a more collaborative co elevation experience it's cathartic actually to yeah. be part of something like and that. you know you hear the phrase servant leader and but when a team starts to serve each other and it's not all, all about me 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 it's about us that's when you get to the point with a high performance team where everyone starts to learn feels good and then again back to the customer the partner or whoever you're serving uh, begins to feel that yeah. And that's that's why we have good memories about the team we put together because everybody, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't yeah. always last forever. But when you got a group of people working together, you know, on their best selves, creating output and uh, basically building skills that they can carry on for the rest of their life, you know, that's as good as it gets. Yeah. By you know, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you've been a great guest and mentor. So uh, if there's anything else you'd like to share with the audience, or uh... well, I would ju just. Uh, say that uh, don't don't worry about having a huge department or you know experts or things like a lot of this stuff is right off the shelf today you can get uh, whether it's Michelle's book or or, or others and uh, remember that uh, working with each other uh, and being able to have objectivity and self-awareness to build a team that's got a lot of high performance and that having diversity and inclusion is can be a force multiplier uh, are good ideas, and uh, Michelle Accardi is a, is a great example of uh, what that kind of behavior and approach can bring, and I'm super proud of you and what oh, you've built. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you invested in me in the early years. I know I was overwhelming in those years. I used to sit outside of George's office and run into his office every five minutes and say, well, he, I overhear someone coming to him with a problem, and I'd be like, George, I know how to fix that. I didn't know how to tie my shoes, let alone know how to fix uh, problems. You weren't shot. And we never, we, we never, we didn't have doors on our offices back then. It was, it was kind of, kind of interesting. But so he, uh, he put up with me for many, many years. So thank you for that and uh, for for teaching me uh, again. Uh, 
so much. I, I really appreciate well, it. Thanks so. for the opportunity to sit down and talk with you today. It was great. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. If you have any ideas for future episodes, feel free to reach out to us. Also, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and share with your coworkers. You can also find us on your favorite podcasting platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you find and listen to podcasts. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thanks, George, for the great discussion. Thank you very much.